Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Hey, hey, welcome back. As usual, it's great to have you back. Please uh, don't forget that your presenter, yours truly, L.A. Blackburn, has books on Amazon. Uh, several fiction books as well as a book on uh, Joseph. The life of Joseph in a business setting. Called Pharaoh's Right Hand. So anyway, I do want to shout out to Mr. Hastings for and thank him for filling in for me last week when I was out of place. And uh, if you haven't heard me mention it before in past podcasts, he is one of the smartest dudes I know. Uh, he has several master's degrees as well as almost a Ph.D. in history from SUNY in New York. And as well as practical uh, experience in church work. And he has worked in churches and been to seminary and so forth. But I do want to tell him thank you very much. So while I was away, I ran into uh, ran into a brother who, uh, and this would be a Christian brother, who was a Sunday school teacher, and listened to some of the information that he had to say about um, about his views on the Old Testament. Now he went to an independent Bible church in. Uh, the uh, Virginia area, I think. can't remember. But the thing is, uh, super wonderful guy. Super smart. Um, what was interesting about our conversation was his attitude towards the Old Testament. And his attitudes that he felt towards Jesus having to do with the Old Testament. Now, a lot of what he was mentioning was kind of, you know, that's the old, we've got the new, that's bad, that's, you know, that's that's done, this is better. And, uh, you know, but he really felt that Jesus made a distinction, okay? That Jesus put aside his Judaism. That's that's kind of what he was thinking. Now, just to let you know, that's in the scholarly world, so to speak. Uh, uh, some would agree with that. Some would not. Let me uh, let me throw some ideas at you, though. So, the passage he's talking about was Matthew. It's in Matthew eight. All right. Now, this is. Just to put it in context, a moment when Jesus just quit, just came down from the mountain where he was delivering the Sermon on the Mount. And by the way, they really don't know exactly what mountain Jesus was on. And if you've been to the Holy Land, you would see these mountains and you would say, wow, those really don't look like mountains, so to speak. Because uh, in the West, in the U.S. and stuff, uh, we tend to think of the Rocky Mountains, which are really, 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 really high and craggy and uh, jagged and stuff. And 
uh, most of the time we would kind of think of them as just really uh, kind of like rolling hills. Um, if anyone has been outside on the west side of the city of Austin in Texas, uh, they call that you know kind of the hill country in Kerrville and places where there's rolling hills, and that's kind of more like the mountains that you find uh, in the Holy Land. Now, uh, you know what does that matter? Hill beans, uh, just kind of geography but here's the thing jesus is coming down from the mountain and let's look at matthew 8 1 through 4 all right now it says and when he came down from the mountain great crowds followed him and behold a leper came to him and knelt before him saying lord if you will you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said, or saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. All right, now, so this, on the surface, and indeed it's true, is a really wonderful, gracious, loving moment where you see Jesus showing the mercy of God to someone. All right, now... The leprosy that's mentioned in the New Testament, people really can't and have tried, but it, due to this, the time span, it's really hard to nail down if this is actually what is known as Hansen's disease. So Hansen's disease uh, actually uh, destroys the nerve endings in your feet and your face and in your fingers and your hands in different places. And... Uh, because of that, you really can't tell that you're injuring yourself, and you might nick yourself or something. But what happens is, because the nerves don't tell you you're injured, you don't do anything. And so they fester, and then you get necrosis, and then things... It's really bad, okay? I mean, it's pretty horrible. And the smell, and things of that nature. It's And these people were outcast. Now... In the Old Testament, it doesn't necessarily say, don't touch a leper. However, comma, it does say, don't touch things that are unclean. And lepers were considered to be unclean. All right. Now, uh, there was a social stigma. It wasn't just the disease. It's like most kind of diseases that, of this nature that, that are chronic and this, they thought, might be communicable. I mean, in other words, you could pass it to somebody. So, you know, that's why a leper was usually required to yell or talk or, or call out that they were unclean so that people wouldn't get near them in case they were contagious. Now, 
if you can imagine, um, this was horrifying, not only just physically, but because of what it did to you uh, and your appearance, but uh, in on the inside. I mean, you, you were outcast. You couldn't have a job. You couldn't do a whole lot of stuff. And basically they had colonies and places where, where they would go and essentially go to die because eventually the the infections would catch up to them and kill them. And so it's really horrifying. But anyway, the interesting thing is, in this passage, is there's several things that he pointed out, which I thought were pretty fascinating, actually. It's very good. First of all, um, there were crowds following Jesus. And this leper... Uh, it doesn't say, hey, I was, he was calling out, unclean. It says he came to Jesus. Lepers didn't do that jazz. Um, they didn't go to people. They were supposed to be running from people and telling people to stay away from them. That's what they were supposed to be doing. This guy did did not. He was not doing that. He He came to Jesus and knelt before him. And he knew that Jesus could could heal him. Why? Possibly because he had heard of other healings in different places. But he said, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Well, that's faith. I mean, that's what that is. Now, here's, in verse 3, the kicker. All right. This is the... This is the linchpin, the hammer, the guillotine to to the separation that many people hold quite fervently all right and it works this way jesus it says and jesus stretched out his hand and touched him saying i will be clean and immediately his leprosy cleansed was cleansed now for a jew a observant Jew to touch someone knowingly who had leprosy was unblooming heard of. Um, if you remember the Good Samaritan kind of situation, uh, the Good Samaritan uh, story where you had uh, a Levite and a priest and they walked around the other side of the road. Well, why? Because they didn't know if the guy was dead or not or if he had some kind of disease or something. So they were staying well away. That's usually what, how how observant Jews would handle lepers. And <clears throat> that's not what you see here. As a matter of fact, it's interesting to note that in the Old Testament, uh, there were some lepers that were healed. And they were never touched. Uh, one that comes to mind was uh, Naaman the, Syri- the Syrian. And I believe Elijah I think it was Elijah, maybe Elisha, but uh, told him to go bathe in the Jordan and never touched him. And uh, I believe Moses' sister had uh, was struck with leprosy and God and Moses prayed for her and she was healed. Uh, never touched her. As a matter of fact, there's another instance uh, where Jesus heals ten lepers and one comes back to thank him. And Jesus said, where's the other nine? Never touched them. This guy, this person, 
Jesus made a concerted effort, a forethought, to reach his hand out and touch this guy. Now, to many people, and I've looked at several commentary thoughts on this, and of course this is coming from the man I I was uh, talking with, the Sunday school teacher, uh, on my journey. And he felt like this is Jesus saying... Yeah, I don't have to have the the law anymore. So this Judaism stuff is done. <clears throat> I'm going to do what I know to do, and I'm going to and I'm going to heal this guy because I don't care about the law. Now, I don't care about that Old Testament stuff. I'm going to do you know I'm going to do this. Now, is that what's going on? Is that what Jesus is doing? Is he laying aside his Judaism? Because no, now the the weight behind that is that an observant Jew would not normally touch anyone who's a leper. I mean, just would not. Even though it doesn't say don't touch a leper, it's, it says don't touch anything unclean. Now, what what would that have done? That would have ceremonially made Jesus un, unclean. And there's a series of things that he would have done as an observant Jew, to cleanse himself. Now, you might be thinking, why would the Son of God... Now, here's the thing. Here's the temptation, okay? Um, and this I've seen in several commentaries. Basically, the temptation is is to play the God card. Okay. Well, Jesus is God. He can do whatever he wants. Well, yeah, he can and yes, he is. But, through his entire life, he chose to follow Judaism, strictly. In fact, according to David Flusser, who was, who's, who's with God, now, he was one of the foremost uh, Jewish scholars of the New Testament, Jewish scholar of the New Testament, in Hebrew University, uh, Jesus never broke with any of his Judaism or any of even the oral law. Now, so what's going on here? If Jesus is touching this person. Well, here's some thoughts, okay? Because I don't know that there's a definitive thing going on because here's because this is the beauty of this is the beauty in my mind in my heart of, of, of Judaism in the fact that it's multifaceted you you have to look at several different things at, at you know kind of in conjunction number one is Jesus had a real habit of following the spirit of the law and not necessarily the letter of the law because you must understand there is uh, interpretation of what's going on. In other words, it's a, you know, for example, uh, the the law, which unfortunately is translated law, and it's Torah, which means which means teaching. But the teaching says, "Don't work on 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 Sunday." Well, what well, what's work? What is work? Well, y- you got to figure that out. 
So they would go to rabbis and ask them. And that rabbi would make a decision. This is work and this is not. Okay? And that was very common. So Jesus, as a rabbi, is making an interpretation right now on this. Just like, I mean, you know, they, they hit him up before about his uh, disciples uh, picking grain to eat on, on, a, on a Sabbath day. And, and he turns around and says, well, did, didn't you hear that David ate the food that the priests ate? You know, he was given that by, uh, by, the, by, the, by one of the priests. Well, I think the high priest, as a matter of fact. So Jesus was very much into the spirit of the law. Now, does that mean he's breaking the law? No. Because in Judaism, there's two different, there's two different kinds of situations. There's Agadah. And there's halaha. Agada is the law itself. Okay, the the statutes, the ordinances, the you know the letters. Okay, halaha is how you interpret those things and put them into practice in your daily life. And Jesus was a master of halaha. Because he sees what the law is supposed to do. What is it for? Because he said, you know, just like the Sabbath, you know, he, he said the Sabbath is for people. The people aren't for the Sabbath. He's, he's putting people first. He's not skirting the law, the teaching. He's fulfilling it. Now, you can say, yeah, yeah, but, but yeah. and if you want to go bananas, you could still say, oh, no, 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 uh, no, he, he, he broke it, he broke it, he broke it, I know he did, I know he did, I know he broke it. Okay, well, then let me throw this at you. A priest was required to examine someone thoroughly to find out if they had leprosy. I'm pretty sure they're touching them at some point. You know, I mean, you got to. I mean, that person's got to get stripped naked, and they may may have done that themselves. But I mean, they had to get thoroughly examined by a priest. Now, it does does it say the priest touches them? Nope. But it's a thorough exam, and seems to me that that would be kind of hard to do if you're not touching the person. But here's the thing. Even if you say, ah, it's all circumstantial. Well, yeah, that's very, very true in some ways. But listen to this. Verse 4. And Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. Does that sound like that? That is the definition of what you're supposed to do. When you're healed and cured of leprosy. Now, why would he do that if he was setting aside his Judaism? If he was setting aside his Judaism, wouldn't he go, Hey, you're free. You know, I'm, I'm here from heaven, man. You know, go knock yourself out. You know, do what you're supposed to be doing. Don't worry about any of that, that Torah stuff. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be something he would say and not reinforce 
the Torah teaching? I think so, if you'd put it aside. And by the way, after this, there were many instances that Jesus was very super compliant. And if you want to examine that for yourself, please find some books by David Flusser. You can also find some by Marv Wilson. You can also find some by Robert Lindsay. There's there's a host of others. Or you can go to the Jerusalem Perspective. And I am not being paid by those people. Or they don't even know I exist. But I'm telling you, it's a good place to go. So, so to, to examine some of these things. All right? But Jesus is not setting aside, and he's not hes not sticking the Old Testament in the background. So, by the way, please understand that the terms Old Testament and New Testament are in the Bible. So, with that in mind, I want to encourage you to do your own research. It's a, it's a preconceived idea that for some reason we've got to throw Judaism under the bus. Okay? And, again, I'm not saying you have to be a proselyte to Judaism. I think Paul handled that pretty pretty succinctly in, in his writings. To the Galatians, the thing is, what we should do is learn, learn, study, study the background of the New and Old Testament. And that is, we need to know more about Judaism to understand some things. Now, Second Temple period Judaism, specifically, and the reason I say that is because that Judaism is very different than the Judaism sometimes we have today. There are some distinct differences, but the, the deal is that that is where we have to start to learn. That's the Judaism of Jesus, and that's, I think, important. And it has blessed me immensely by learning what I can. So I definitely want to encourage you. With that in mind... I want to always encourage you to keep on speaking it on. Thank you for listening to this edition of Speak It On. And as always, don't be afraid to speak the word in boldness and truth. And may God bless.